Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Suave Talk presented by Bomb, Chevy, and Buick. Shannon, do you know the good deal you get with Bomb if you uh, buy a Dirt on Derp subscription? Or if you buy a truck, you know what you get at Bomb? Well, um, a subscription to Dirt on Dirt. Is that right? Yes, for life. And we actually just sold two last week. So we're like, Bomb's killing it and we're killing it with the free subscription. So if, you need it, if you're looking for a truck, maybe you can go down there and then you get a free uh, subscription, bud. Okay, well, we may have to do that. Well, first off, I wanted to congratulate you on your 101st win at Fayette County. Uh, how special was that victory for you, especially at a track where you uh, cut your teeth at pretty much? Yeah, it, it, meant a, it meant a lot to me. It was a blast that night, you know. Um, thinking back, it was, it was a hot, dirty old night at Brownstown. You know, it was a lot of fun, though. The racing was... Racing was excellent. Charlie knows how to set that track up really good for a good, good feature. And uh, had, um, you know, at the time I didn't realize it was Tanner English. I thought it was Billy Moyer Jr. underneath me because Billy had been leading it and I took the lead from him. But um, uh, my car was excellent that night and just made for a, a really fun race. All right. Have you ever had the ribeyes there at Fayette County? Because people don't know how good they are. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part about going to the going to Brownstown is the ribeyes. Uh, the smell of that charcoal burning is excellent. So, I think I had two before the race, and then uh, after the race was over, Charlie fired the grill back up, and and I think we ate about two or three more. It was we spent the night there that night. It was a lot of fun. Okay, your last ten summer national victories. How hard were they for you, just personally, just to get those uh, wins? Because it's tougher and tougher every single year, and it seemed like. To get to 90, it was pretty easy for you, but the final 10 or 11 kind of took longer than expected, maybe. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, it, 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 they haven't came easy at all. Um, you know, we, we haven't been as steady as, you know, racing every single one of them. And uh, it seems like they've been more spread out. But, uh, you know, the competition's really tough. Um, they're tight little sprint races. So, you know, you get Bobby or... Shirley or Fagers or any of these guys, English, um, you get them on the front row, they're hard to beat. So um, we've had to figure out how to put the whole night together again. And, and qualifying is key and winning that heat race is really key. So, um, you know, that's what we've worked on. And, and uh, hopefully we're going to get a little bit more consistent at doing that. Do you still enjoy like the 40 lap sprint races that are just quick? You have to get up elbows up a little bit. I feel like Maybe when you're younger, you love them, but as you get older, are you still a big fan of them? I I am. I really am. I um, I do like to just get in there and, and get out the same night and just have a 40-lap race. Uh, you know, I, I watch some of these other deals, and I just – I don't have the patience to be at one racetrack for three nights anymore. Uh, you know, especially when they got a 50-lapper a or a 100-lapper and they rework the track, and, you know, then they go – it looks like they're hot lapping for 25 laps of the race, and then they finally get to start racing. So, you know, the old summer nationals format, you know, in, in the way those nights are, they just snap a finger and get it on and get out of there. That's that's my style. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, be honest with me. How many people came up to you, whether it was fans, uh, sponsors, people in the industry, how many of them came up to you and said, when are you going to get out the XR1? This season, you finally get it out this summer. I feel like you probably heard a lot of noise about it. I know you personally that you probably didn't really care, 
But talk about that a little bit, because I feel like there was a lot of pressure to you to like, hey, this isn't the Shannon Babber used to. He needs to maybe switch it up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, everybody, everybody has an opinion, you know, and and uh, you know, I I've got to, uh, you know, I probably do a lot. I probably rode along way too long, um, making slow decisions at what I do. But uh, you know, I gotta say, you know, hats off to Scott Blumquist list in in the in the team zero car they've helped me out a ton and uh you know he he's even told me you know i just want to see you run good no matter what car you're in so if i can help you in any which way i can and he has you know he's he's taught me a a ton about shocks and alignment and just a, a lot on these race cars that i probably wouldn't have come across without his help you know nobody else was going to teach me these things and uh so anyhow it um you know, we, we definitely was struggling along at the beginning of the year, and, and we were kind of off a little bit on trying to work on some things. That it, we were going in the wrong direction, without a doubt. And uh, once we got we got rolling along here, and uh, finally my dad called and said, Shannon, you got to do something different. You got you're gonna you're gonna go broke, you know. And uh, you know, I told him, I'm like, yes, I'm not worried about it. I I know what I can do, and uh, so. Once the summer nationals got here, I, I threw my motor back in my old car and and uh, and just went back to went back to racing like I know how to do. Yeah, and I feel like maybe your level of concern was it during Illinois Speed Week because in the past we've seen you race. You could run a boat at the tracks where you're at, and it just wasn't like yeah. the Shane and Babber used to. Was that kind of like, oh man, we're going to be good in a Bloomquist car at the Dream because you even said it's the best handling car we ever have at Eldora. But like, yeah. I'm out to lunch here in Illinois. Like, I gotta make maybe make that change. It's gonna be tough, but we gotta do it. Yeah, you know, with with the million that was coming up, I didn't want to muddy up the my my program that I had going on. I knew I could probably fix it for these little tracks, but I just didn't want to change what I had going on till Eldora was over with. And uh, without a doubt, we was the most consistent we've ever been at Eldora. We made both the races and, and had a pretty good run. Um, not, you know, we didn't win the race, but, uh, you know, uh, the level of competition we're up against is really stout. All these guys have really got their act together. And, and, uh, if you're off just a little bit, you're off a lot. Um, so anyhow, that was like a big relief, get, get that over with and out of the way. And then we was able to change up our program a little bit. And, um, and we've got a, you know, here we are in July, we've got a lot of races left this summer and. We're really looking forward to seeing what we can do. Be honest with me. What is your thought process or what do you think the state of dirt late model racing is right now in Shane and Bab's mind? Uh, it's, it's, it's huge. It's growing out of control right now. Um, you know, uh, it's finally to the point where I think everybody's wanted to see it. There's a lot of big money races here all year long. And uh, it, the, the expense of what it costs to run a Durlay model and a team, that's, it's where it needs to be at. It's, it's almost to the point where we have to drop the 5,000 of wins. We, we just almost can't afford to run, you know, your, your team at those little races. It, it's fun, but if you don't win, you've, you've really lost a lot of money. And, and uh, you're, when you're including your wear and tear. So, um, the big paying races are here and that's that's what all these you know 
the late model race teams have looked forward to. That's where we got to be at. Do you wish you were like 10 to 15 years younger now? Cause it's just so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I definitely had a lot more energy then than what I do now. But, uh, one thing about it, I, I, I have eliminated a lot of things, uh, over the years. So now I work smarter, not harder. Well, I'm just saying 15 years ago, like 2006 to 2010, if all those races were like 10 to 15 and just the higher paying ones, you're like, damn, if I was just born a little bit later, I could be racing oh, yeah. for all this money, 50 grand a week. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I, yeah, I'm telling you, I, I'm watching JD and Madden and these guys, they're rolling in the big bucks here about every night. So um, the best thing I could do is, is fine tooth, you know, polish my program up a little bit and get out there and try to rub elbows with those guys. As you can see people watching at home, he's at his uh, farm. That's like five or six miles from Macon. Uh, have you a added any animals since the road to Eldora when I got bit by your donkey? Are you still not the <laughs> same? Uh, everybody's the same. Uh, they're just enjoying the summer and the green pastures right now. And we, uh, you know, we've had a lot of fun just hanging out this summer and, and uh, going to the races and swimming in the pool and, you know, just keeping, keeping everything going. Um, that's, that's the main thing right here at home, making sure the girls enjoy the, their summer off from school. You still got the bees? How the bee season going? Well, I, I'm a little, I neglected the bees this season. Um, the winter was a little hard on them. So uh, right now we've got that program on idle, but um uh, I'll probably get back into it. I've got some friends that are keeping me up to up to date with what they got going on. Yeah, and how much have you learned? Because I remember when I came to your shop visit, you were telling me of these things about the bees. They, like, travel, like, 50, 60 miles and then come back, right? It's pretty wild what they can do. Yeah, there's there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot going on with the bees. They, they uh, travel two or three miles up around their home you know to get nectar and pollen and their supplies whatever they need uh, the biggest thing is i'm surrounded with corn fields and bean fields and very few trees but uh we uh we've got a little bit of everything here yeah you do i love your shirt petroff towing just how much has he met for your, your race program he's all he randomly comes to the races but he doesn't stay for the whole night which i think is very funny as well <laughs> Yeah, it's something else. He's, uh, I've been blessed to have a guy like him around. Uh, you know, he's a true racer at heart. He's, he's done it all. He's, he's raced himself and built race cars himself. And, uh, so he knows the hard work and, and the time that goes into doing this. And, and, uh, he's always just a phone call away, no matter 24 hours a day, no matter where we're at. Um, I talked to him last night just to make sure he was watching the races and he, um, uh, He's, you know, he's, he's always my, my, you know, my, my key guy on the decisions I make, what we're doing and where we're going. And, um, just a lot of, a lot of fun and a hell of a guy to have around. Yeah. He's also a guy that loves the BS. He, uh, says that Rigsby underpays me. So if Michael's watching this and listening <laughs> to this, he could maybe, uh, give me a little bit of raise there. Uh, just uh, yeah. talk about the landscape of just the Illinois drivers. What do you think of Des Dennis Herb Jr. leading the outlaw points? I mean, this guy goes up and down the road. People can say what he wants about him. He's very reserved. But to lead 
that law points, it's maybe not as strong as it used to be, but $150,000 is a big deal for that race program. And I think it's pretty cool that he, he's kind of earned his uh, uh, wounds a little bit to get there, to get here. Yeah, we were just talking about him last night. Um, and, you know, his end of the year last year and this whole season has been, he's been spot on every night. He's, him and Heather have done a really good job of being very consistent. And once Dennis gets on, you're going to have a hard time knocking him off because he knows his his equipment inside and out. And uh, he's done a really good job of putting himself in position and being consistent. Um, and, yeah, these, you know, it's really neat to uh, have an Illinois guy here that's um, that's leading the, you know, the outlaw deal. You know, Brandon's always been tough on it. And uh, so, you know, he's I, – I believe Dennis is going to get it done this year. I'm really proud of him. What do you think about his driving, you know, when he comes up on the, you know, the, the straightaways where he's doing that bottom, go all the way up? You got to you gotta be a little alert, though, a little bit, I think. Yeah, he, uh, Dennis, he, you know, like, I run the high line a lot. Um, a lot of people, Dennis has always ran the bottom to the middle. He, you know, and this XR1 fits him pretty good because it makes him get out of his comfort zone and, and he runs the top here and there. But uh, he definitely, um, you ever look at his car at the end of the night, it looks like he didn't even race it. There's not even a scratch on it. So he, he runs the middle and the bottom very cautiously, and uh, and he, he really takes good care of his equipment and able to keep going every night like that. Besides Eldora, you can't use that as an answer. What track is your favorite outside the lane of Lincoln? What would you say is your favorite? Boy, I don't know. It's uh, – there's a, people's asked me that before. There's just a lot of racetracks around. Um, I really don't have a favorite. I mean, they're all fun to go to. Uh, they really are. I, um, like I said, it, any day at a racetrack for me is a, you know, a very good day. Oh, fair enough. I like that. Um, what was my next question? Oh, the KC race with Scott Bloomquist, Dirt Track World Championship. Is that your best driving performance of your life, you think, to hold off that guy like that? <laughs> I don't know. It was it was a fun race for sure. It was uh, it was one of them deals that was just meant to be, I think. We we had a rough start to the weekend and and uh Jay Bird, he was helping me back then and we worked our tails off, you know, to get our car out there. We actually blew a motor up early and we got out there and uh and I think I started sixth and uh Really didn't know what we had, but, um, you know, at that point in time in racing, you had options on what tires you could run, and we just we just run some old 40s. You know, I, I, I think I had the right tires, and uh, there was a little combination of everything out there. And we, about halfway through the race, we got the lead and, and uh, was able to roll away from him a little bit. But, you know, Scott run me down, and he gave me everything he had there for, you know, the last, you know, 15, 20 laps. And, uh, that, yeah, that that Chillicothe, Ohio, that's a heck of a racetrack. That was a lot of fun racing that that race, especially for fifty grand clear back then. All right, we're gonna do some summer national stories, and I'm not gonna use the Virgil. Everybody's heard that one so many times. <laughs> but I want to know: is it true? Because I heard this from the grapevine that when you guys would draw cards from Bob Memmer, that either Billy Moyer or Steve Norris knew the ace, the starting position, because there was a mark on it. So you would like grab it every single time. Is that true? 
there there is some truth to that but that's been a long time ago uh that was back in the 90s bob member had a deck of cards yeah and uh they used to, they used to run a dash so like all the heat race winners would have to run a dash or the top six in qualifying would run a dash and uh you drew for the starting spot of the dash well the the ace had a folded corner on it and hell bob wasn't smart enough to even don't know that but everybody else knew it so uh whoever was the first guy to get the draw that night he all went through the ace whether it be auckland or weaver or Boyer or whoever you know so that was pretty that was a joke between all of us drivers all right, I got to bring it back up again. The 2012 Hobstar race, you probably had the best uh, quote in uh, the post-race when you said, oh, yeah, that what's-that-name, 92, and it was Scott Weber that passed all you guys. I just thought that was really funny that you fr didn't really know who he was. Everybody thought he was a lap car, and he, uh, he put on a show that night, though. <laughs> yeah, yes, he did. I, I know Scott Weber you know, really well from running Modifieds, but uh, I didn't even know he was running a late model that night. And uh, there was several, there was, I think they had two or three of them cars out there that night. And uh, heck, we were just running along and I wasn't that great, but I do remember that car passing me. I'm like, heck, I didn't know if that was a lap car or, the, or I didn't know who it was. But anyhow, the race was over. There was so much going on in that race that night. I, I didn't even know where I finished. I didn't even know who won. And afterwards, uh, it was pretty cool to find out that Scott Weber, he had a, the run of his life that night. Yeah, and Todd Turner, before that race, it was my first time there. He's like, you're going to love this track. Best racing around. And it lived up to the hype there. I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, sometimes it's do it's top dominant. But that night, it was very uh, – you guys were on the bottom, middle, and top. So, I will always remember Tri-State and Scott Weber. And then you and Scott James' uh, post-race where you're like, oh, yeah, who was that again? I forgot what number he was. That was very fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was. Were you at the Sheppy incident? Stevie at Highland? I I I think I was there that night. Um I believe I was. I uh you know I you know it, it seemed like back the summer nationals used to have a lot of energy like that. About every night there was something going on and anymore everybody's really calm. There's not much going on. There's you know, so um when I watched the video of that's of, of Super Shep, that was that was a good one. How impressed were you by his vertical to get up that high? I mean, that was pretty solid. Well, you, you know, you you light a fire in anybody, he, they can they'll usually jump that high. So <laughs> that was pretty solid. Well, then also at Highland, were you there the summer nationals night when like Bobby like was moving the tires back in after they moved them out, and then like Shirley and Fager were moving them. Were you there that night as well? That was a uh, yeah. That was another funny, great one too. I was like, man, all these guys in their like thirties and high twenties are going after this little kid because he's being a little punk trying to move the tires back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do remember that. I, I often wonder how the heck them guys do that because the other night we were down there and I was running second. If I, I was thinking about how could I move the tires in because I needed to run a little lower, you know. But my luck, if I would have hit a tire, I'd have broke a spindle or something. So. I, yeah, there's been some pretty good action over the years. Okay, and then I got to ask a making one. What about the Billy Drake, Joe Ross Jr. incident? Do you remember that? I mean, yeah. were you part of the were you part of the crowd throwing stuff at Billy Drake when he was leaving, or are you kind of just like just there watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just there watching, but uh, 
there was uh, at Macon, I'm telling you, over the years, there's been you know, the crowd if I like Fairbury, it, you know, they would get really wound up, but uh, they would get a little bit dirtier. They they would throw some beer cans and some coolers over the fence because they were right on top of the fence there. So, um, you know, Joe Ross Jr. was a hometown race, you know, racer. He ran there every Saturday night, so it uh, you know, a little tight racing action and uh, Billy Drake come out with the win that night. I think a lot of people got a little upset. I'd be making hundred laps there. Anything can go. Um, twenty thirteen Prairie Dirt Classic, three wide battle between you and Bobby Pierce. Big time win for you. It was kind of the first Prairie Dirt Classic where they, you know, up the pain of the World of Outlaw race. But how thankful for were you that you won that race? Because I remember like two years prior. They had a makeup feature at Fairbury, and you won it, and you still complain about the racetrack conditions, and the fans <laughs> got so mad at you. So you had to you had to do something special to get the fans back at Fairbury. Yeah, you're you're right. Um, that that was definitely a good race. You know, they had they had the track perfect there in thirteen when we won, uh, and it was a good one. But yeah, I I remember I remember a couple of races before that. I uh, it was so wet. It was, it oh, was, yeah. we were about ready to flip over and, uh, I think we won. And I think I said, I see why nobody can have anything nice here in Illinois, you know, cause the car, the track was so hard on our cars. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they took it the wrong way. And I don't know if they took it the wrong way or not, but they didn't like what I said. And, uh, but that's just part of it. You know, some, some, every night's not going to be the same. Have you talked to Michael Rigsby about your bonus yet? Cause every time we go live for pay-per-view, the dome, um, the pass you had on Shirley at the Prairie Dirt Classic. We are live there. Uh, what was another one? <laughs> oh, the Dirt Million you were putting on a show, and then you got a flat tires. Like I think he owes you some money, or is he doing it underneath, like underneath the table? Well, I'm I'm still I I can walk out and check my mailbox. I go out there and check it every day to see if my check come in yet. But uh, I may I'm I'm hopeful that one of these days it will. You know, slowly but surely, if I get some more time put in, maybe it'll show up. I feel like you love the Dome. You truly love it because it feels like – I feel like it's like you going to, like, a Grady's go-kart park with your buddies and you're just, you know, <laughs> yeah. obviously there's a little rubbing and racing and a little taking out a little bit. But I feel like that's how your uh, mindset is when you go to the Gateway. Oh, it, it is. It's a blast, honestly. Uh, you know, we've had a little bit of a break. And then uh, everybody's ready to race, and especially racing inside. I mean, you know, I've raced a million racetracks over the years, but there's just something about racing inside that dome that just seems like we shouldn't be doing it, you know. And then um, it's it's just a blast. In uh, these cars, I mean, it's it's a fast little racetrack for as as little as it is. Um, just being on the edge, and it's just like you said, having fun with all your your buddies out there, and 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 hell, half the time you're laughing because you know, you're crashing into each other, but nobody knows where they're going to end up, where they're going, really. So uh, if you can come out of there, uh, you know, this Tyler Carpenter, he seems like he keeps coming out of there with the money, him and Bobby. So uh, one of these days I'll have to get in their way and maybe see if I can come out of there with, with the big check. Did Emily approve of your uh, intro that one year, the South Park one, the wheelbarrow? Well, I don't, I don't think she knew about it. You know, I was – I was better off just asking for forgiveness instead of permission on that one. Oh, yeah. That was an all-timer. Uh, I, I just laugh every time. And then I got one of your stickers in my late model live studio of you with the wheel. Yeah. 
barrel. I'll always, uh, <laughs> yeah. always remember that. Now, how special oh, is yeah. it, though? You're a family man now. You have two daughters. They absolutely love racing. So when they get to take them to the racetrack, you can kind of do like a family vacation because they, they really do dig it. Oh, they do. They they love going to the races. And uh, like I've always said, Emily, she she likes racing more than I do. You know, it's um, – you know, these, these two girls, they – they love racing. Um, they, they, they're starting to have a lot of friends at the racetrack. And, uh, you know, Nick Hoffman and uh, Mason that used to help me, you know, they've spent a lot of time here this summer. So Maddox has been able to come here and swim and hang out in the backyard and play with the girls. And they, uh, you know, that they, they, they're ready to go to Farmer City Friday night. And then I'm, I'm sure that uh, we're going to get them to a few more races before the, they go back to school. But, yeah, it's – it, it it's a lot of fun, you know. They was all they went with me to the races uh, at the Brownstown, and uh, just uh, having them there when you win, and it just makes it a little bit sweeter. And that's also Nick Hoffman. He was posting on Twitter that you know he was hanging out at your place. I feel like that's a thing maybe we don't see as much in racing anymore because it's so competitive. It's just like that camaraderie you have with uh, a driver. You have people come over. When you're traveling, you probably stayed at other people's shops. You know, you've probably been at Moyer's shop. I think that's a thing that kind of gets uh, left under the table a little bit, especially because it's so, you know, professional now and so much money on the line. Yeah, it seems like uh, it seems like you can get really, really busy if you're not careful. Um, there's so much to do. There's so many races out there that, you know, um, you you really want to do them all, but you have to manage your your time and your equipment, and uh, you know it's it's really hard to pull pull yourself back. But uh, you know we you know anytime that people are out on the road, you know it's it's nice to be able to have a place to camp out for a little bit and just kind of uh, get your stuff sharpened back up and maintained and go again. And we we've had a lot of fun here this summer. Um, you know that one week we got rained out and. Uh, we really didn't know. I knew the forecast was looking bad, and I told Nick we didn't have it planned to go to Davenport, but he said, well, we're going to go to Davenport Wednesday and race. The only thing is you're going to run my other car. So he's like, all right, whatever. So we went up there, and, and thank God we did it because it was a slow week, and we had a blast. You just laugh when, like, Nick Hoffman wins all these races. His cars like, decked like this. They have, they're teching it constantly. Drivers are complaining. Uh, it, he's just a, he's like a wizard himself and a modified, but you just kind of get a chuckle on this when you have all these people just like, Hey man, he's cheating or doing something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, um, it's really neat to see really, um, you know, everybody dreams of being able to go out and dominate, you know, a division, no matter what division you're running it, street stocks or sprint cars or whatever. And, uh, you know, you're seeing it right now, Nick's to the point to where, you know, he's he's grown up in the right area and he's at the right age and uh he's he's really he's doing it. he's got the car that uh you know um that's going out there and winning a lot of races and we just looked at the lap times the other day when you know when nick qualified at highland he went a 13.6 and the the first cars out when the late models were going 13.8 so uh I, I know it's a little bitty racetrack but that car goes around there pretty good and then um it's just really impressive it, it it's it's fun to watch somebody do that. All right, final few things. No political answer here. Your top three Illinois racetracks because I always say you're Illinois' firstborn son. So what are your top three favorite? 
It doesn't have to be in order. You can just name the three that comes that you love the best. Well, I, you know, over the years, I I love to race. Far, I love Farmer City's racetrack. You know, I, the racetrack itself has been really good to me. You know, um, I've had a lot of success there. I love Fairbury. Um, you know, there's there's a bunch in there. Um, you know, here here lately, I haven't ran very good, but like Boone Rivers, always been a kind of a hidden jewel. Really, we don't go there a whole lot, but um, it's just a neat atmosphere, you know, at Spoon River. So, um, you know, there's just a lot of them, really. Obviously, you were on Mount Swabmore t-shirt, you, Sheppy, and Weaver a couple of years ago. Have you ever had a dust-up with the Weave? Um, no, I never have. We've raced a lot together uh, over the years. We, we talk a lot, you know, um, about how tough it is anymore, it seems like. and. And, uh, but I, I still watch him, you know, keep up with him, how he's doing and everything else, but he's always been a very clean racer. Yeah. He's getting up there in age. We text all the time. He said, he's just getting tougher and tougher. Are you like surprised though? Like guy, like it's almost in his sixties just to, with the sport, how it is, just how can he keep up with it? I just feel like when Moyer was towards the end of it, you could just tell that it was harder and harder. It's obviously harder on Scott. Like Especially like a guy like Weave, yeah. who has no crew out partly, just it kind of is amazing sometimes. Yeah. I think it, it is. It's amazing. Um, you know, you what I'm starting to realize, and I knew this all along, is uh, you know that the hardest part about your day of racing is you know if, is getting your car all together and getting it there and, and getting it right. Uh, you know, the the crew guys mean a ton. You know. Um, they can lighten your load a lot if you have some really good crew guys. And if, if you don't, it just makes your – it'll wear you out before you even get in the car to even go run the race. So, uh, you know, I know Weaver's done it by himself, you know, for a long time, basically, and just whoever he can get to go with him. So um, that's really impressive. You know, it really is. Um, you know, I, I know there's a lot of guys that could really run real good if all they had to do is put their tear-offs on and jump in the car. They, they probably have a lot more to show for what they – for what they've done. All right. Last thing is you can guarantee this for your boy Parrish, number one super fan. Are you going to win the Prairie Dirt coming up in a couple weeks or what? You got something for him? Uh, we've, we've definitely got something for him. I, uh, I don't know that we can guarantee a win or not, but we, uh, I can guarantee we'll be in the hunt at some point or another. Uh, I, I'm, we're looking forward to it. That's one of the big ones on our, on our radar. And, and, uh, I can't wait to get out there. I, I, we were in here watching the races last night and the girls were running around circles. And I told Emily, I said, I think I'm gonna have to leave like on Tuesday night to go up there and get parked. <laughs> so she's like, I'm going with you. <laughs> okay. Though Bloomquist car, you've been faster at Fairbury or the rocket. Or are we just going to like, when you unroll, you can't give us the insider info yet. Right. <laughs> well, we're, yeah, we, you know, we had, we had a really good run with it last year um, and ended up third. I really felt like I could have won the race. Um, but um, the way things are going right now, I'm going to stick with the rocket. We, uh, you know, Rigsby's like, can I get one more run with the rocket here at Fairbury? So yeah, we're going to, we're going to run the rocket. We haven't had there at all this year, but uh, I feel confident that uh, I, I can at least get it in the front. Shannon, you can drive a boat, a four-wheeler, a dump truck at Fairbury. It doesn't matter where you're in. But I'm guaranteeing you one thing. If you do win that race, they might burn it down because that place is uh, ready for a big-time Shannon Bat victory, especially when the uh, outside guys come in. Well, it's, 
that means a lot. I, I know there's a ton of fans there that uh, always come down and, and shake my hand and, and I just hang out. I, I love being there, just being part of the race and being part of that event. Uh, it's a blast. And, and like I said, it just, just, uh, you know, being at, being at the race like that, it's just, uh, you know, it's a really, really great time. All right, Shannon, thank you for uh, taking time out of your day and joining Swab Talk. You're uh, one of the first reoccurring guests on the show, so you got to be honored there. Illinois' firstborn son, Shannon Babb, thanks so much.